Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary, and my patrons who carry me, it's time for the podcaster with long E, maybe, he he he, it's time for sleep with me, the podcast that puts you to sleep, patrons, thanks for supporting it. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to attempt to do the rest. Well, actually, I'm going to do the rest either way. Hopefully, I'm going to attempt to help you. Uh, and what I'm going to do... I get mixed up there. Early mix-up. I get mixed up. I'm going I'm to do the rest. All you need to do is turn in bed. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place. I'm going to attempt to speak the best I can. Create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, travel, no, whatever's keeping you awake. I'm going to try to take your mind off of that. I'm going to try to bring you into a place where you feel safe, where you feel warm and comforted. Where you could relax a little and stretch out so you can feel me stretching my shoulders. Uh, I'm not shrugging my shoulders. My shoulders are always uh, like uh, another thing when people tell you about That's another thing with sleep. They say, well, just try closing your eyes. Have you tried that? And you say, listen, bub. I, I, I haven't used the word bub in three generations of my family. But I'm bringing, of course, I've tried closing my eyes to go to sleep. But that's the kind of thing when somebody sees my posture. See, have you tried, uh, you know, pulling your shoulders up and back? And I say, well, my shoulders are just fine the way they are. They're, they're in their natural state of, uh, I don't know if it's, can, a, can you have a remorseful sh- shoulder? Uh, let's see if we can come back to that one. Okay, so I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark, and I'm going to use the lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders, uh, nons- non- nonsense, uh, uh, yeah, nonsense. And, you know, they say, well, let's take a look at my spot. But let's take a look, you know, let's take a, let, we won't take a hard look at my posture. And we won't take a factual look at it, but we'll take, you know, general, we won't do a Freud. I, just, did Freud ever analyze the posture? Has that ever been a way of therapy? You say, well, let me see your posture. Okay. Uh, you know, you should talk to them about that. You, and you should tell them about that. Uh, and also, pick your shoulders, and you say, okay, I'm glad that was our first session, because I won't be back after you said pick my shoulders up. But I'm really here to brush the dirt off your shoulders, or the dust, or whatever's keeping you awake, or at least to help. So if you're new, here's the things to expect. Structurally, how the show works is there's about four minutes of business at the top of the show. And that's what makes it keeping these the show and all the archives free are the sponsors and the and the patrons that support the show. So thanks for sticking through that or taking action on that. Then there's an intro. The intros are about twelve minutes. I think we've been around for four minutes or so. And the intro is a show within a show, a warm up or a cool down, and where you can get ready for bed. You can start to unwind. You could feel your shoulders. You could feel Scoots moving his shoulders. Uh, and I, I can, I'm like, is, is it, am I moving them clockwise or counterclockwise? Because I've never held a clock like sideways before. So my brain can't, I think they're going, now I'm going to go counterclockwise. 
it's actually sideways counterclockwise. And uh, move your shoulders if you want to. Scrunch them and scrunch them. So that's the intro where I kind of explain how the podcast works. Ideally, you earn your trust or you realize, uh, well, this is kind of like a, like an illusion of trust or something. What did I say about it? Did I say my shoulders were lonely? I think they are. Uh, but I think I said something else. Uh, oh, remorseful shoulder. That might be one of them. And my other one's morose. Uh, remorse and morose. Uh, that's, you can't say that in the same sentence. Uh, so the intro is kind of where you can get ready for bed. You could fall asleep. You could skip over it. Whatever whatever works for you. Uh, but it's where I say, you know, I try to create a, a sense of uh, place. Uh, a place where you could relax. Uh, and a place where you feel welcome. In a place where you kind of feel appreciated, I guess is the right word. Because if you're having trouble falling asleep and if you found your way to this podcast... Uh, you know, I'd really give you, I'm, I'm actually giving you a thumbs up right now. Because you say, well, it, it stinks out there when you can't sleep. And I know what it feels like. And, and I hope this podcast can help. And you took a little action to try to help yourself fall asleep. Uh, now, this show doesn't work for everybody, but I hope it can help you. But I appreciate the fact that you're having trouble sleeping. And I, I honestly believe you deserve a good night's sleep. Yeah, so that's the intro. Then tonight will be our ongoing, it's a serial, it's a, what is it, it's an episodic series, also presented in a modular format, but it does have a taste of seriality to it. Uh, but basically it would be a nice little bedtime story, uh, and uh, our main character is a young woman, and she's navigating a theme park where she's the only guest, and 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 it's very, it's pretty dense. Uh, like kind of like when you cook, when you bake something, and you you missed one ingredient, you're not sure which one, or timing or something, and you say, "Oh boy, this is dense." Uh, it's dense as my shoulders. No, that didn't work. Yeah. But so that'll be a story. Uh, we have some thank yous at the end. In between the intro and the story, we have a message from a, ideally from a sponsor. So again, we could keep the show going. So that's what to expect structurally. And then, uh, other expectations. Here's the thing. You don't need to listen to me. Clearly, I'm not really qualified, qualified for much, uh, other than to say, hey, let me try to help you. Uh, and what that kind of means is you say, you can kind of listen. I'm your boar friend. I'm your boar bay, your boar bud, your boar sib, your boar bestie. However, whatever many bees we decided, I'm boar bestie forever. B boar, B B F E V A H, maybe, or an apostrophe. Uh, but I'm here to help. So the story will be rambling in, uh, won't be incoherent because here's the deal. If you, if you can't sleep, I'm going to be here till the end for you. Uh, but that kind of also lets you, you can fall asleep whenever you want. You can kind of listen to me and you can kind of let me drift away or you could stay engaged if you need some comfort. I mean, I'm here to help. Uh, but you're also under no pressure to fall asleep. The shows are about an hour and some people create a playlist or whatever, or, or start playing the show when they wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, because uh, I'm here to 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 to, to kind of like keep rambling and keep you company, uh, 
So ideally, you know, we'll kind of be walking side by side and I'll be talking about my shoulders, old, old remorseful. I'm, I'm, I'm questioning my shoulders. I'm saying, which one of you is remorseful? Because we better sit down and have a conversation about this. Like, what do you, what exactly are you, what, what don't I, what do, what don't I know about? I thought I knew you because you're attached to my body. And now you're telling me you're filled with remorse. And I said, is it like, into, are you projecting inward or outward? Because, well, let me give you a talk to the audience and then I'll get back to you. Also, between you and me, listeners, I haven't decided if it's the left one or the right one. Uh, who I'll, you know, that I'll engage with and say, I mean, maybe I should talk, or do you think I should talk to the other shoulder? Because, uh, well, I don't know how to address a show. I've never talked to shoulders before. Here's a big piece of honesty. However many years I've had this body, I don't ever, I'm, I've kissed my shoulders and I've nibbled at my shoulder. I mean, this is big time. I'm exposing myself. This is vulnerability city here. I've patted my shoulders. I've rubbed them. Uh, I've smelled them, uh, you know, given them kisses and said, hmm, how's my shoulders? Do you know, you know, you do it too. It's okay. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. I'll take the embarrassment. I've warmed my shoulders. But I've never had it, you know, all my days, I've never had a conversation. I, and actually, I don't even know, other than physically acknowledging, acknowledging their existence. Uh, oof, is that, does that mean I haven't, does that mean I'm just starting to live? Uh, oh boy, I hadn't lived until I engaged with my shoulders. Uh, it, and then, it, so I'm just, I'm just wondering, how do you address a shoulder like the other one? You say, is that, I hear your partner's feeling remorseful. And also, because the shoulders are attached to me, maybe they have the same vocabulary as me. So I say, oh, no, no, that's not remorse you're feeling. You're misusing a word because you're attached to my brain. It's not, you're not morose either. I don't know the word, but I know the feeling you're feeling, shoulder. Yeah, maybe, okay, I think we're working through this. Uh, Maybe I'm not ready to engage you directly, just through the audience here, shoulder. And I'd say shoulders, you're a team, and we're all a team. I don't know if we're the sum of our parts or the bigger than the whole or whatever they say, Uh, but I'm going to shrug you. I'm going to be here. Maybe I need to shower you with more than kisses. And the time I nibbled at you, you know, that was just just like, uh, I don't know what I was doing. I think it was nervous nibbling. Uh, But I'm here, and if you need me to slowly... uh, get to know you so in a way we can have a one-on-one or a two-on-one convo about being remorseful or morose or uh, one of those other things like when you're uh, you don't want to get out of bed I realize you don't have it I'm sure everybody thinks the life of a shoulder is glamorous uh, doing whatever you know being on the side of the arm you got a great view uh, you're you're within kiss. I mean, think about it. What other part? You know, you're right in the kissing zone. Uh, I mean, self auto auto shoulder. What do they call that when you kiss your own shoulder? Oh, strange behavior. What are my shoulders? Is a comedian now? Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, you call it strange. Yeah. Well, you could, that would have been you should have been your first line, but you won't be being kissed anytime soon. Except when I wonder, you know, I say, get out of the shower. I say, I wonder how that shoulder smells. So maybe you still will, will, will be kissed. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe one day, yeah, maybe one day. I don't know. You could keep cracking those jokes at my expense. Uh, 
but I'm here to help uh, shoulders and humans everywhere. And I'll shrug you, I'll rub you, you know, I'll do that rubbing, heating up motion if you're ever chilled. Though I really don't like to expose you unless we're really in some in humidity city. It's the only time I like to let you, you know, other than at home. I mean, clearly, it's like uh, lately I've had to wear a shirt. I say, well, this is a shirt-free zone here when I'm, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I do like it to get you get you some air when that humidity, you know, when we're visiting somewhere that's humid. But otherwise, they say, well, just keep you under wraps. Uh, I don't know, maybe that's something else we could talk about. And I gotta get, but I gotta get back to the spot. I mean, I'm, I, I really, uh, I'm sorry I waited this. I sorry I had to come up on a podcast, but it, actually, it always happens. My imaginary friends, and believe it or not, I don't think I've talked to any other body parts except for you know who. So, uh, like, <laughs> so, okay, keep it going, shoulders. You're, you're, you're crushing it. Too bad the audience can't hear all this, uh, but. uh yeah, maybe this will be the whole new. Maybe this is where I get to know my body. Okay, go ahead. That's funny too. Uh, so yeah, like where I say, hey, how you feeling, elbow? Okay, get, keep my attention on you. You two are like a couple of puppies. Uh, uh, anyway, get get back to the audience. Excuse me. Ooh, I never thought that would happen. But uh, that, and that's kind of what happens every podcast for intro if you're new. I see. He, I mean, this is honest. What happens? I sit down. I say, "Okay, got to tell him the structure of the show, make him feel welcome, or attempt to, uh, you know, address the fact that if you're skeptical, who wouldn't be? Because this, you know, this is a strange idea for a podcast and a strange relationship to enter into, and then explain uh, that if you, the listeners don't need to listen or to fall asleep. That you're here to help." And see what else, you know, and then try to make a metaphor for all that. And then usually at the end of uh, 648 of the intros, I say, whew, I didn't expect that to happen. And so I, I guess, yeah, but who knows? You may have just seen a breakthrough. Uh, I don't know if when I do visit the Northern European countries, uh, I don't know. I think I might have got banned from all those institutes and studies, but they still want me back. They say, actually... We didn't run this one set of numbers on this one thing on your uh, amygdala, and uh, is that a is that a is that a self placed then they say is that a self placed hickey on your uh, well no no not self placed hickey on my shoulder it's a uh, it's a nibble we call I call it a nibble spot they say okay why don't you come back we'll fly you back uh, Okay. Oh, if you're new here. So if you're new, thanks for sticking around. Uh, thanks for trying the podcast. Clearly, I bet you, though, maybe, I don't know. Let me know. Do you kiss your own shoulders occasionally? Uh, I mean, they're kiss. Go ahead and kiss. Is there an international kiss your shoulder day? And, that kid, and hey, don't kiss anybody else's shoulders, okay? Just kiss your own. Believe me, it'll be empowering. I'm, I'm serious. Uh, kiss your shoulders tomorrow. I mean, maybe you could kiss him now, depending on your comfort level. But, uh, you know, just give it a little peck uh, right on the front. You know, like it's kind of like ki- kissing someone on the cheek. If you move your, here, I'll, I'll try to do it. I just did it. It's not too hard. And you say, hmm, I just, ki-, you know, I kissed myself. I kissed a part of me that I deal with every day. And somehow that took my mind off of stuff. I don't know what this podcast is about. If you're new, though, uh, I hope I made you feel welcome. 
appreciate you coming by. Give it a few show a few tries. That's what everyone says to say. It takes two or three tries to understand that it's not quite understandable. And if you don't, if you've never, you know, if you've never nibbled on your shoulders or that's just something you heard about, don't, don't let me know about that. Okay. Uh, just, you know, that's fine. I don't, I'm sure the, the European, uh, institutes of the mind or whatever, they'll, you know, they'll have reports about it and then I'll see it in like, uh, you know, I'll see it when the study's released. Uh, but what can I say? I'm glad you're here. I work very hard, and I strive, and I yearn to help you fall asleep. So thanks for coming by, and uh, let's hear about a couple of ways we keep this show going. All right, welcome back to our ongoing uh, serial or episodically modular serial series. Uh, it's uh, it follows the journey of a young woman, a girl. Uh, growing up in a theme park, uh, and this uh, it follows her journeys as she learns and grows, and it's very uh, sleepy and uh, dense series. You could listen to it during the day, uh, but uh, it's mostly made to uh, help you drift off and to really immerse you on a couple different levels. Uh, and in order to transition into the story. I'm going to read you a Wikipedia article about the Pepper's Illusion, which is a technique used in theaters, amusement parks, museums, televisions, and concerts. It's named after John Henry Pepper, who lived 1821 to 1900, who popularized it in a demonstration in 1862. Uh, You may have seen it uh, in rides or at uh, carnivals. Uh, where uh, something appears and then can change it. One character, like uh, your smiling buddy, turns into your happy buddy or frown, you know, like uh, Lionel Kitty City used to turn frown upside down. I don't know what they're going to do for Joffrey at Toys R Us if that frown will turn upside down. But uh, uh, it was also used when Tupac went on stage uh, at Coachella in 2012. Uh, Michael Jackson in 2014. And how it works, uh, let's see, is uh, an audience is viewing a stage or a room with objects in it. And then suddenly uh, other objects will fade in and out of the room. Or one object will magically transform into a different object. And it basically evolves a stage that's especially arranged into two rooms. Uh, one that people can see into, or the stage is a hole in a hole, and the second is hidden to the side. It's called a blue room, and then a plate of glass or plexiglass is placed somewhere in the main room at an angle that uh, reflects the view of the blue room towards the audience. Uh, generally, this is arranged with the blue room to one side of the stage, and the plate rotated around at forty-five degrees. Uh, the glass really is, has to be clean and invisible. Uh, normally, the lower edge has to be hidden in patterning on the floor and make sure that lights aren't reflecting off it. And when the lights are bright in the main room and dark in the blue room, the reflected image cannot be seen. Uh, but when the lights go on in the blue room, often with the main room lights dimming to make the effect more pronounced, the reflection becomes visible 
and the objects from the blue room just seem to appear. A common variation uses two blue rooms, one behind and one to the side, which can be switched uh, visible or invisible by alternating lighting. A hidden room might be an identical mirror image of the main room, so it's reflected uh, image matches the main room. Uh, this pro- approach is making is useful in making things appear or disappear. Or you can add a person or morph a person. Uh, or the hidden room might be painted black uh, with only light-colored objects uh, so that they can be su- superimposed or appear to be floating. Uh, let's see, Giambattista della Porta was a 16th century Neapolitan scientist and scholar uh, with uh, numerous innovations, including the camera obscura. In his uh, 1584 work, uh, Magica Naturalis, Natural Magic, includes a description of the illusion, uh, which is cool. Then John Pepper and Henry Dirks uh, at the Royal Polytechnic uh, Technical Institute in London. Uh, that was the first uh, permanent science-based institution in 1838. Uh, uh, Pepper joined their staff and uh, became a professor, and Dirks uh, was famous for a bunch of uh, illusion-based performances in the theater, but they had to rebuild the theater, which was very expensive. Uh, then Pepper saw Dirks' illusion. They, they set one up at the Royal Polytechnic, uh, and he realized, hey, we could modify this uh, to incorporate into existing theaters. So they did something with uh, Charles Dickens' uh, play. And this is the kind of thing you've seen at amusement parks uh, and uh, at different really famous amusement parks, uh, even in uh, Turbite Manor in uh, Nashville. Uh, attractions and, you know, seasonal attractions, we'll say, uh, m- you know, mysteries that could be solved, uh, even museums like the Abraham Lincoln uh, Presidential Library and the Museum of Wellington City and Sea, uh, Hogwarts Express has it, uh, London Science Museum, uh, even uh, there's a John McEnroe shows up at the Wimbledon Tennis and Lawn Museum or Lawn and Tennis Museum. Uh, Sir Alex Ferguson at the Manchester United Museum. Uh, yeah, so that's just a, a few of them. There's even there's plenty more, uh, and uh, it's also used at, like to use it with teleprompters as an implementation. Um, on the show Magic School Bus, uh, and an audience with Les Dawson, a movie Home Alone, and Sherlock, uh, an episode of The Mentalist, uh, and in concerts, as we said, uh, with Tupac, and other famous people. So uh, that's a little bit about the uh, Pepper's Illusion effect, uh, and uh, as the, all of the lights uh, slowly dim, but there's still an undertone of warm light there, uh, softening the edges, but filling the room with the warmth uh, that sets you at ease as you drift uh, a little bit deeper with uh, rest, uh, you start to see 
Uh, the outside of a stone building, gray stones, but there's something you can't quite put your finger on it, cartoony, about uh, the old gray stone building. Ah, uh, yes, when you came, uh, maybe maybe you did see my exterior first with the stones, it was the towers, the great stone tower, which was supposed to be the peeper or whatever that draws people to my attraction. And then it was supposed to look like the outside of a castle. But instead of goyles, those goyles that wa- were played as water spouts, we had corn. And uh, uh, what are those? Uh, fruits, uh, horns of plenty. And uh, broccoli. Uh, and statues. And carvings. Uh, instead of uh, like uh, Corinthian columns. We had carrot columns and celery columns. And so the uh, exterior, which it did hold up a bit, uh, it, you know, it was to create a thing of like, oh, this is an old castle that loves its uh, vegetables. And some fruits, uh, rutab- you know, there was also rutabagas, a roof, uh, whatever those things are called on the ramparts, uh, where you would stick your head up in between two things. It could be rutabagas or potatoes. You'd say, oh, this is an interesting old castle, but that tall tower, uh, just to set back with a grand, grand view. And it was in a, t- a tower which you could see somewhat far away, but when you were close, it was, it was, uh, it played tricks with you. It was very, very forced perspective, uh, narrowing and narrowing and narrowing, but it was also a tall tower, but you could never go to the top because it was such a forced perspective that when you were close, you could, it was very well done. Not perfectly, obviously, because they had to say, well, if you're this far away in the park, we can't have you seeing a stone tower because now you're in the place of future. But yes, it was the symbols of a healthy eating. And then you, there was also on the ground level to show uh, the meats. You know, there wasn't a lot of dairy, we, 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 which you would, I don't know, when you came, you clearly, uh, as we spent time with one another, you know, we don't communicate, but you communicated with me because I said, what do I don't recall if you were to ask me in the times you were wandering through me, looking upon me, I couldn't have recalled. I'd say, well, I don't recall what that scene was about. Uh, I could feel my outside, and I guess I was in a very, very long slumber. I don't know about the other attractions, if they had been watching the whole time. But I think I fell into a deep slumber, and I could feel my outside. You know, it's, it's when you have a column, that's a carrot. You know it's a column of a carrot, but a lot of other things had faded. And because the audio soundtrack, even hearing the audio and the guests going through the attraction in the carts, uh, the horse, you know, a cart driven by goats or horses or ponies or mules, uh, I didn't remember very much. I said, okay, I see these carts that are in here, parked around, not moving. But yes, you came and started to walk around.
but you arrived and you kind of woke me up and I, I said, oh, there's things that do stick out to me. Uh, beauty in the darkness. Uh, it was one thing that rang through. Uh, I don't ever, I, I just had that there, like at the back of my mind. Uh, uh, things about l looking into places that you can't see everything. And that it was a bit of a twist and a departure. And that uh, I had a sense that uh, the guests weren't always pleased with me. And I said, what did I, did I was I, but I knew I was, I could feel that I was somewhat ancient because I had iron in me in, in, in a much more solid construction than some of the newer attractions. I could sense, I said, oh, this is old iron. I'm not iron, my sides weren't iron though. That's uh, funny that you say that to my, I guess that's me talking to me. But I said, how have I forgotten myself? Uh, and then you came and started walking through bit by bit, uh, following along my track, which was not hidden at all, in just a simple metal strip uh, upright, a T with the floor perpendicular to the floor. And that provided the power and the guidance, I guess, for the carts, uh, that made the horses pretend to move their legs and occasionally move their head. You pushed, you had to push them. And, but you came in and I said, hmm, who is this? Uh, at first I, I said, where, where have I been? What have I, uh, where, where, okay, I, I can feel my body. Okay, so, uh, and then I get, could feel where I was, and I could feel my own iron bones, and I could feel the corn. And I said, okay, this outside feels familiar here. And this person, this guest, but she's not a guest, and why is she just walking around willy-nilly? You know, she's not a cast, uh, a member, what is a cast? A member of cast. Uh, and then you started poking and prodding and look at me with interest, but with an interest, uh, I don't know, that was so soft and, and so curious. Uh, I wish I could have told you if I could have unlocked my secrets uh, to you. Uh, but I was excited to be discovered nonetheless. I was excited to have you here very quickly. And that you felt comfortable enough uh, to stay with me. And, you know, I don't have a lot of interactions or grape. I was in a, you know, like I said, I was in a deep, deep, deep sleep. And you seem determined. Uh, I don't know if you were on a quest to help me remember who I was. Uh, but when you came, you walked through and stayed with me and pondered and pondered. I think wondering why you couldn't immediately figure out uh, the uh, the meaning, you know, the meaning of my attraction or the, the uh, oh, where was I? It, it happened to me again, but, oh, yes, you, ga you started gathering supplies, and I think you had been with enough attractions that you said, okay, this is the loading and unloading area. This is where... Uh, I'm going to get a big grasp on what 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 is she, what she's about if if she is me, 
and you started bringing paints in because I had once had a mural, uh, and because uh, uh, because of my construction, it was uh, leading into my ride. It looked like you were going into a side door of a castle, up a garden path, uh, and it was a thick door that they actually closed at night. So when they closed the park, uh, the door was closed. Uh, but even so, the humidity and the elements, I guess, got in. And the mural had, uh, it had faded and, I guess, peeled away. But what was interesting was whoever had sketched out the mural or planned it had used some sort of permanent uh, black ink or paint. So while there was no color, and while the outline, it was there was an outline to a story, it wasn't a perfect outline. And so you started with black paint and a paintbrush, and you started completing the rest of the outline. I think you concluded, as did I, that, uh, oh, the loading and the unloading, because this was a simple attraction, not like these fancy attractions with the queues and the interactive. Uh, you just went through a winding queue, and you got on a cart, uh, uh, two to three people, two adults and one child, or one adult and one child per cart. A uh, child in the middle or on the right side, please. On the inside, uh, right side, left side, right side. Yeah, but you could see that there was two sets of murals, uh, but they were mirroring each other in some way, story-wise. And you started to paint the loading mural first, uh which told a tale, and yours was, your painting technique was, uh, hmm, I did remember, I said, okay, this is not like those paid painters that would come during my refurbishments, and uh, your work was not exacting, and you didn't use a drop cloth. I remember they used a drop cloth and blue tape and supervisors and uh, reference paintings and discussions about color. Yours was much more of your impressions of how it should go. Uh, but your impressions were good, uh, that it was uh, this king and this queen uh, had discovered uh, this, 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 uh, this thing going through the kingdom that was giving everyone tummy aches and uh, bags under their eyes and lethargy. These are words I heard you practicing, actually. I learned them from you. I remembered them from you. And that then they discovered that it was this candy. Uh, that too, too many people, the, the, the kingdom had been penetrated too deeply by candy. What once was just a passing fad, the king had thought. Uh, and then the mural showed that even the king fell under the spell of the candy. Increased candy consumption. And then the king, in uh, many people, the candy had a high, took a high toll on the kingdom. And the queen, she was very unhappy, and she banished candy from a kingdom forever. Yet another tale as old as time. But the queen was uh, quick with a dog, quick with quick with child. I think they say. And right after, not long after, she triumphed and. Uh, with military might uh, over candy, raised to the fields of cane, sugar cane. And, uh, you know, the candy loyalists were thrown out of the kingdom forever. 
a band uh, that she raised her child up in a world where children could be healthy and eat uh, eat well. A queen that cared about the ch- ch- children's health. And the, then uh, I don't know at what point uh, you 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 decided. Okay, well, this other one also shows a queen, and and uh, so you said, well, let me hold off on the uh, on the uh, exit mural. But we had seen on her throne that it was Queen Goji, and you were Princess Zenaida, and uh, she loved you so. And then we entered the ride and showed the queen, you know, and all these healthy children playing. And you grow, Princess, not you, you, but uh, you, Princess Zenaida, uh, growing. Uh, but then the, the queen being very protective of her daughter and having her live in the tower where you would gaze out at the people. And the next, that was when you actually went into the ride, the ride went around uh, like a, the view of your room, and then went through your window where you were looking out another window, and one of your nursemaids was there, a girl not that different in age than you, but she was working, and you called to her. Now, this part you had to do a lot of work on because it didn't have tronics, uh, but, you know, character figures uh, that you needed to kind of replace parts and come up with hair for and repaint uh but this was a room it was a room inside a girl's bedroom it was another girl's bedroom uh which you made yours which i found funny and you tried to to, to design the room you you i guess you had a book uh, uh that you would sit there reading about a medieval you know i don't know where you got these books uh, somewhere else in the park presumably but uh where you would see, well, this is what uh, the Kingdom Castle looks like, a uh, historical. So you put a chamber pot in there. Thank you for not using that chamber pot. Uh, and you got the girl and you showed it. And then there was an illusion that was supposed to show her looking out a window. And then a boy was supposed to appear down there. I did not know any of this. Uh, and it took you a long time to figure out these techniques of how they would use the mirrors and the glass and the lighting. Your patience, uh, but that uh, she was watching her window, and then a boy would appear in the square, and uh, we would be in the square. We would go out of that room into the square and be looking up uh, after she had looked out the window and seen the boy appear. And once we were close up with the boy, we would see the boy eating candy. And we would hear the princess. Uh, so then you had to figure out, uh, what is the story here? There's a boy outside eating candy. She's watching him. And then we went, after the town square, we went back into your room. Uh, well, actually, it was a kitchen. No, it was the kitchen of the castle where the maid was there again. And you were asking her about the candy. I guess I'm, I'm equating you and the princess. I guess I'm sorry for that. But, uh, you know, you were my princess restoring my memories. Or maybe this was never the tale. I don't know. But it makes it makes me. So you painted all of those scenes. And I guess you'd learned about black light. So, you you know, the town square was like uh it was just lit with so the cobblestones that looked like they had moon and water on them. And so the candied wrapper of the boy 
was eating some sort of a chuckle bar. The wrapper was very bright for you to catch it from all the way up in your tower. And you worked on the thing. And you started recording your own audio, which I thought was interesting. And I said, how does she know all these things? She comes to me. Uh, who is this young woman? Old enough for herself to be a princess or a ma- maid or a, a nursemaid or whatever you call these things. Uh, but the next one was in the kitchen, and it was the princess uh, talking to a maid, saying, what was that boy eating out there outside my window? And you had said, well, this is candy. He's eating some candy. And uh, you, 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 she, she said, it's my brother, so please don't tell on him. Uh, and you said, oh, that's a, that's your brother, eh? Interesting out there, eating candy. Uh, but then the princess in the next scene which we just followed, it just followed from the kitchen uh, to the throne room. And this was our first real scene with the queen. And she was there ruling and looking glowingly, which took you a lot of work to add in jewels and make things glow. And maybe you put too much makeup on. I don't know if queens wear as much makeup as you painted on the queen, but she looked more like a jester. Yeah, but then the princess was there saying, Mama, what is candy? Uh, and the mother saying, What do you speak of candy? That you took your father, the king, away from us uh, and so many of our people. It is banned. Where did you hear of this candy? And then you didn't want to tell and your maid's brother because he, he, he had given her a look, you know, and you seemed to have captured that uh, in his eyes with the white against the black light really popping along with the day-glow colors of the candy bar wrapper. Uh, but back to the scene, you know, the mother scene with her saying, never have candy and really berating you. Uh, or the princess, princesses, and Ida. And then the princess in her room, uh, yet again, uh, looking out the window, but really staring at the moon and uh, uh, looking for the boy. We're pretending to look at the moon, but looking for the boy and uh, drawn in to this uh, thing between her mother and the candy and curious. Uh, and then this one was a projection illusion of uh, t- just turning the corner. And as you turn the corner, you could see uh, her head looking out of another forced perspective tower at a projection against the room of the boy uh, waving up to the tower and then following. Uh, and then th- then we would go, we followed right into the scene of uh, the boy was uh, following behind a cart that was dropping candy. And then we see the reveal that the princess is following the boy and this scene was uh, quite a construction for you because it had different, uh, what are those called, conveyor belts. One for the candy moving at one speed uh, to make everything look like it give it motion. And the cart was moving away. And then to make the princess and the boy moving at different speeds and then the boy reaching down to pick up the candy. Uh, that was falling out of the back of an open sack on this wagon. Uh, 
and then the boy having his own sack of candy, and then turning again, because then a dog on the back of the cart realizing it and barking. I couldn't believe it, and you do a great bark, uh, recording and and re-putting re, this into the attraction. You say, you're giving me voice again. And then the, the meeting over the candy, running off uh, away. Now, some of this, uh, you know, we would have to fill in for ourselves if, as the guests, I guess. I, I put myself as a guest of yours in some sense. Uh, but of them sharing the first candy together and him saying, well, my name is, uh, is Hari. Uh, you know, you met my sister, Bo. And you sing, well, I'm a prisoner. Uh, and, and then them sharing the candy by fireside. And then uh, the princess eating two, you know, eating, you know, for her, a few candy bars. Uh, and I don't know if it's ever filled in, you know, that this was some sort of black market candy tear or something. I don't even recall. Uh, but it had a... Uh, then you had some candy, and your tummy started to rumble, but you fell deep asleep, and that's when uh, the attraction went through a misty wall and doors that looked misty and opened into your dream. And this was the part of the ride. It was just like big wood paintings that would move back and forth, uh, and walls and spinning things, which took a lot of painting for you and light-adjusting. A lot of bright colors against uh, black walls of uh, strange uh, walking candies and sad crying celery and blo- broccoli for you, sad for you for eating candy. And of, uh, you know, candies uh, like uh, chattering and you're spinning and you swimming in chocolate and then kissing Hari. And uh, for giant, uh, those were gummy bears. I don't think you knew what it, maybe you didn't know what a gummy bear was, because I had heard uh, from another attraction not that long ago that you yourself had gotten into some of the candy at one of the shops, uh, one of the warehouses uh, where it was preserved, and that you did even worse than the princess, eating and eating and eating the candy until you were very, you know, not feeling good. And maybe you had the same type of candy-driven dream uh, that was both good and uh, strange, we'll say. And there was no pink elephants in this dream, but that would be what they would equate it with, is a pink elephant-filled dream. This was just strange. You say, well, hello, I'm Mr. McChip. Uh, That one, I don't know if the audio was already saved, that you would have known someone was named Mr. McChip. But you had learned your, your lesson with the candy, and now you don't, uh, I guess you do, well, I guess this plays into everything. Why should I get ahead of things in the attraction? Getting ahead of myself within myself is, uh, I've never said before. But yes, so the dream was a, a bit wild, a bit, uh, fantastic, and, uh, you didn't have the music, but you did find crazed music to blare and, uh, you know, tooting and effects of strange, you know, dreamlike characters. They'd say, what am I, in ca- are you some sort of uh, licorice bird You're here to take me away to the sky, happy sky place? Uh, and then we were out of the dream 
And the next scene, now you stayed a lot of time to contemplate all these things. And I think this is what the caretaker, I don't know, uh, I guess I'm projecting on the caretaker and you and the queen uh, and the princess. But uh, to say, uh, will you be like the princess and tempted so... And what would happen without a queen? Because in the next scene is when the queen, you, you are at the campsite. The princess is at the campsite. Here I am projecting, projecting, projecting. And the queen and her, her, her soldiers, uh, her knights uh, find you at the campsite alone. No hurry there. But you curled up warm with blankets, uh, and her face tear streaked, missing her daughter. Is finding you wrapped, uh, surrounded by empty candy wrappers, and her not happy at all, uh, and her wanting to know what happened, and you saying nothing about a hurry or bow, but just talking about following the uh, black market candy tear, and your mother being so furious, 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 uh, and putting you, saying you will stay in the tower where you're not away, you're way away from the candy. And I don't know if you should even have a view outside. And so she covered your windows, uh, and you sat in your room there. The princess sat in her room, and you read this. This was uh, a couple small scenes, uh, but then there was a scene of her in her room. Again, we returned to her room. And uh, this one had rotating things, so you slowly went around the room, and the room turned. It looked like it was the same room, but a lot of times you were crossing into a new room that looked similar. But it had you sulking, and then you getting into bed and finding a candy heart below your pillow, and then the candy hearts slowly appearing. They had writing on them, miss you, love you. And then they did a thing with your headboard, which was just a circle wheel of candy hearts, uh, kind of showing that slowly the message was saying, trust my sister, eat this candy, think of me, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then the sister coming and saying, oh, are you getting, thank you for protecting me and Hari. You know, our families are part of the candy kingdom. Um, and... Uh, we, we, he wants to see you, and your mother's so upset with candy. We think we have an idea for you to get out of trouble and be able to look outside again. Your mother's headed off to meet with the King of Gourds, who's a, a hardliner against candy. And we think she's going there to, you know, to end candy forever. To, you, know, you work with the King of Gourds, uh, so we thought you could bring your mother, give your mother this present. We have it wrapped and ready to go. She's leaving tomorrow. And when she's gone, she'll miss you, and she'll open this gift, and she'll think of you. And at the same time, uh, uh, well, we have a plan, but just give your mother this gift. And the princess was, she, she was a little nervous about this because she didn't know what was, it, what was in the gift. Don't worry, your mother will love it. And she'll forgive you. It'll make everything better. And then the next scene of her giving her mother the gift and the mother kissing her. And uh, then the next scene after that is uh, uh, her door being opened by a royal messenger saying your mother was uh, captured 
uh, placed under, you know, busted by the king of gods for candy possession in his kingdom. It is outlawed no matter who you are. And uh, uh, then you realizing you had set your mother up to be busted by the king of gods. Uh, and you sitting out looking for Hari and Bo. And the people in the kingdom saying, but you're in charge. You're the queen. You saying, saying, don't worry. I'll get to the bottom of this. Uh, uh, where is my maid named uh, Bo? And then you easily find, a little too easy. I don't think the princess realized that it was too easy to find Hari and Bo getting ready to leave. Uh, and that, uh, that you got in the, that, uh, you fell asleep, let's say, in the back of a wagon as they ran off uh, with you. And then the princess reawakens in yet another scene in the Candy Kingdom, which, oh boy, did not look uh, appetizing. Everyone did look down. Yeah, but Hari and Bo, it was quickly realized that Hari was not Bo's uh, brother, but Bo's son, and that Bo was uh, some sort of... Uh, uh, magic user that she was not the official queen of the candy people, but the ostensible leader. And that she was going to keep you and, you know, use you as a tool like uh, negotiating. And that also they were moving. They were going to, you know, draw in the gorge troops while they went into your mother, you know, they went into your kingdom and you faking it, a princess is Zenaida saying, oh, no, you've tricked me so, but really inside you are quite upset. Uh, but the whole time Hari was watching you, and you sensed that, uh, that this was more than just uh, a sweet, sweet temptation of candy, and that uh, you weren't the only one. And uh, so you sat and you said, well, you know, I, I, I like, uh, you pretended to eat candy. And then you asked to see the queen and or whatever they, she called herself. I think she did sell herself the candy queen, but it wasn't, she wasn't actually a queen. Uh, but she was their leader. And you said, well, could I talk to you and Hari? Uh, I have another idea, you said. You see, you've, uh, I love uh, candy, and I love uh, Hari, I think. Uh, and to be honest, I've looked at your troops, and not even you don't even stand a chance against my mother's reserve troops, which would be there at the castle waiting. Even with me, you know, my mother really isn't a negotiator anyway, so she won't be swayed. But uh, if Hari and I were married, and if I was in love with Hari, which I am, now you, that was a winkety-wink-wink, wink, uh, that uh, that I could be, he would be then uh, the rightful heir, right? Uh, and I'm sure mother would be, I could work things out with my mother, or that uh, it would change things. She, she would be driven to a choice. Uh, I don't know, I don't, I don't remember this spot, because uh, I don't know, I'm always forgetting it, but you also leaked it out. Uh, you know, the soldiers that were listening in the, you know, the Queen's Guard or whatever. They had heard they stood no chance uh, because they had, had too much candy. They had more candy, less training. And it was, uh, you know, not from sugar cane. It was some other, you know, other candy creation. 
some other sugar sauce. And so the queen actually said, hmm, well, I think this is an idea. Let's uh, plan the wedding. And uh, soon they had a wedding. That was another scene. These, these again, were have it. I said, maybe there wasn't this many scenes in my original attraction. Uh, but he said, okay, okay. And meanwhile, you like, uh, you married Hari. That was shown. And and then it was just Princess Zenaida went right into action. And he uh, said, you know, who's queen now? Uh, uh, I am. Because uh, Hari's not a king and you're not a queen. Candy queen self-proclaimed, uh, you know. This is within the provenance of my mother's kingdom. And uh, I'm taking command of the Candy Kingdom in order to save it. Uh, and it will only be a matter of time between, you know, my mother and the God King work things out and they come here. And you're hemmed in by the God King on one side and my mother on the other side. And, the, you know, the Forest of Lost Dreams is the only other place to go. And we know there's no candy there. So those of you in this kingdom, you could place uh, a hurry and bow under arrest uh, on my behalf, or, you know, you could see how things work out with them. Uh, and, you know, if, you know, whatever state I'm in, you know, my mother's eye, I'm sure you've heard about my mother's ire, haven't you? And the soldiers of the Candy Kingdom did not even delay. And uh, they placed hurry and bow under the, you know, under the watch and, uh, you know, they went and visited very quickly, uh, the, the princess and Ida. Now, the, this is where they said, well, I, I mean, I don't know. Did this really happen in my original attraction? Uh, but that Hari and Bo, you know, they went to the big farm, uh, the big candy kingdom in the sky. And that you sent word uh, uh, to the, the your kingdom uh, back uh, and then you sent word uh, that you were gathering both uh, forces, uh, your mother's forces and the candy forces, and uniting them and kind of dividing them together uh, and also offering a small bit of candy to every soldier uh, within your mother's kingdom. Uh, but uh, like uh, saying, well, now we're taking uh, this king, this gourd king's got some nerve. Uh, and then you marched on the gourd king's kingdom. And you surrounded it, uh, and, you know, there was just uh, the, the cliffs, cliffs of uh, many tears on one side, and then, you know, the force of lost dreams. Uh, so the God King was quick to give up the God King's uh, uh, crown, and, you know, God King actually visited that tear, you know, and your mother was freed. And you said, Mother, this is only one condition here. You know, we'll unite all the kingdoms in our land now. Our lost brothers and sisters who overindulged in candy. And our people who prospered under your rule, Mother, but who secretly longed for candy. And the candy gourds, we don't even know what we're dealing with. You know, hardliner, even hardliner than you, Mother. And uh, I have an idea of uh, returning candy to our kingdom. You know, one day a month uh, we'll have candy day uh, where you could consume candy. Now you shouldn't consume all you want, you know, uh, but you can if you wish. Uh, 
And on that day, you know, the candy stores will be open and uh, people can consume candy. And, uh, you know, the rest of the month, no candy, just like you like, Mother, no candy any other day and we'll prosper. And that led, this was the final part of the tale told in the uh, last mural was everyone happily, you know, celebrating and eating candy in moderation, uh, which I think was something that once you, once Princess uh, Zenaida ruled, she said, well, let's just have moderate candy consumption, period. Which, uh, hint, 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 was because the bride was, uh, I did remember this because it was that was like in the placard outside in permanent brass, uh, you know, was sponsored by one of the mega, you know, one of the candy kingdom, kingdom ears. Uh, but I think your hardest job in restoring my memory was in those illusions uh, where you had to find the way to adjust the lighting and the paint so that one side of the room, when lit, would create these illusions. You know, the illusion of the candy being dropped. Uh, the boy outside the window eating the candy. Some of the strange things in your candy dreams uh, that you really worked hard on. But I wondered as you went through this and, and I said, maybe she added some things in here. Was this really what I was about? Uh, a journey through candy and the consequences of... Uh, an all-or-nothing outlook on candy. Was that who I was? Or was I something else? I don't. Now I know that this, and, and I'm more now of an impressionist version of that. Uh, I don't know if the founder would recognize. I think you really did capture the essence of the story, though. As uh, as different as your art is, you were very good in the dream section, and your I, as some may say your overuse of black light effects and of the Pepper's illusion, but you seemed hooked in the auditor. You loved, uh, you like sound effects too, I noticed. Uh, like uh, the mules uh, passing gas every once in a while. I said, how did she do that? Uh, quite a bit, but I wondered if you were there for the deeper message of the ride, of these temptations and costs and the natural, and the ire of the parents to say, no, 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 no. But yet something else drawing you, drawing your attention naturally uh, uh, to the to the candies. They say, hey, look at this dark chocolate here. Oh, come to our kingdom. We have such a, a sweet sugar treats to draw you in. If you, if you noticed that, uh, that, uh, that maybe I think, I think the, uh, the caretaker's worried about the same for you, of uh, curiosity getting the cat. Uh, but you got the cat, I think, one time, so I don't know. But thank you for helping me remember. Uh, I've appreciated the time we've spent together and you resting here with me and repainting me with each little brush stroke. Uh, Brushing and painting and dipping, color by color, uh, inch by inch, patch by patch, uh, restoring me a good night.